You're listening to the Earn That Body Podcast, episode number 187. Welcome to the Earn That Body Show with Kim Eagle. Kim is an award-winning personal trainer. She trains her clients all over the world online and is passionate about empowering people by getting fit and healthy. Hey team, hope you're doing great. This is Kim Eagle with the Earn That Body podcast here today to bring you a sort of sensitive topic for the podcast, but I really feel like it is time to discuss anxiety. Anxiety affects a lot of people and it can affect people in many different ways that can compromise their health. And there's also a certain amount of anxiety that's normal. But with all that's going on in society today, I really felt the need that we go ahead and talk about this topic so that people can get a sense of what's normal anxiety and what is what we would consider more of a disordered anxiety that might need more attention. Now, I never know when you're going to listen to this podcast, but we are currently, as I um, record, in June 2020 during the COVID pandemic. And also, the society we live in right now, very sadly, is falling apart in many ways. Um, We've got Black Lives Matter going on in this time. That's what people are hashtagging. Um, Unfair treatment by all means. I can't even bear to barely discuss what's going on in our country and what I see on the news. And again, these are sensitive topics. And so I don't want to bring politics and the news into the podcast. But what I do want to make sure is that people are understanding how they're coping with it. Are they coping with it enough? Do they need more help? And I bring it up because I do have clients, I do have friends, I even have family. And I hear people starting to say things like, I feel like I'm falling apart. I feel like I'm breaking down. I'm sad. I'm blue. I'm in a dark place right now. I can't stand what's going on in our country. So many things like that, that I start to hear it from more than one person I know that it is something that so many of us are going through. So we're going to talk about anxiety, anxiety disorders, and a few things that go along with that. Now, that being said, like I said, I don't want to bring politics or news into the podcast. I think that you get enough of that in social media, on television, but I do want to tell you this. I feel that if I don't speak up and say anything, I wouldn't be a leader or someone to even follow. And what I see happening in our country right now is absolutely horrific. And it saddens me completely to see what's happening. I mean, I'm so grateful for all the people right now who are protesting and saying Black Lives Matter. And as I've read in so many places, if we have to say Black Lives Matter, if we have to say all lives matter, then we already know that something has gone very wrong. And I can't say it enough. Something has gone very wrong. And it's clearly been going on for far too long. So... I can't say I'm going to go out and represent and and sort of make my life about helping others in this situation right now because I feel a little bit helpless, but I want to let you know that I am looking for ways to make a stand and make sure that I reach out and speak up if I see something that is not right or happening to any person 
And it is not right that I speak up and I encourage you to speak up as well. Because when I see these things on the news and I see an officer with his knee on someone's neck and they can't breathe, I say to myself, that is someone's baby. That is someone's child. That poor man has a mom. We are all people and no one deserves to be treated that way. And so again, I don't want to get on a pedestal about this and I don't want to preach to you in any way, but I will tell you that I am completely not satisfied what is going on in our country. I am completely torn up about the leadership in our country as well. It saddens me greatly that I have to tell my son whenever he watches the president of our country speak, that I have to say things to my son like, if you ever were to talk like that to a person, I would do A, B, or C. (laughs) That that is unacceptable talk to anyone. And a president should not be talking that way as well to anyone. So it saddens me that we are in a place right now where my son cannot look up to a president. When back in the day, lots of young boys looked up to the president. Lots of young boys looked up to policemen. But we are not in that place right now. So again, I apologize if that is not what you come to for this podcast. I get it. And we're going to move on to anxiety disorders and all that's going on. But I just feel that if I didn't say something to support what my feelings are and my beliefs, it would not be a benefit to others as well. So with that, we will take a break and we will go right now to Eagle's Eye on Health. And now it's time for the Eagle's Eye on Health. These are Kim's quick tips, latest health news, or piece of weekly inspiration. So Eagle's Eye on Health today, we are actually talking quickly about the fact that the coronavirus cases are still rising nationwide. And I bring it up for a very specific reason. Not again to go into the news and politics, but I am concerned that people are getting very lax right now with wearing masks or believing that the coronavirus could actually affect them and their health and their families. But what you need to know is that coronavirus cases are on the rise nationwide. This comes from an article that just came out yesterday. Now, they said when Governor Doug Ducey allowed Arizona's stay-at-home order to expire on May 15th, 340 patients were in intensive care units statewide due to the novel coronavirus. Now, the largest number since the beginning of the pandemic was that. Public health experts at the University of Arizona spent the week before publicly pleading that they should postpone the reopening, suggesting cases in the state were still projected to grow. Well, guess what? About two weeks later, the maximum amount of time it takes for the virus to incubate, Arizona began seeing a precipitous rise in cases and a flood of new hospitalizations, straining medical resources and forcing the state's top medical officials to reissue a March order urging all hospitals to activate emergency plans. Now, what Arizona is experiencing could be an ominous sign. More than a dozen states are showing new new highs in the numbers of positive coronavirus cases or even hospitalizations. This is coming from the Washington Post. A few weeks after lifting restrictions on most businesses and large gatherings is when we're starting to see this. 
Now the spikes provide disturbing data, they say. Disturbing data points for the ongoing tug of war between federal, state, and local officials, weighing the economic costs of restrictions meant to stop the spread of the virus with the human cost of lifting them. Some people feel right now that worse times are ahead. Now let me tell you, Texas, Arkansas, South Carolina, Nevada, Arizona, North Carolina, Oregon, Florida, and Utah all set new highs in seven-day rolling cases averages Wednesday, just a few days ago. New highs. Now, I bring this up because I, this weekend, took a long drive with my husband and my son, and we drove over to Fredericksburg because we had to get out of the house. We are still people who are fairly well quarantined still. We don't go out very often at all. We still just go to the market and the stores when we need something. So we are still being very careful. Well, I was deeply saddened once again. (laughs) It's happening a lot lately. Uh, When I got to Fredericksburg, there was a big sign. And it's a small little town, just so you know, if you obviously not everyone's from Texas. Fredericksburg is a small little town about an hour or so out from Austin. Super cute town. And there was a big sign as you drove in. And it said, please wear masks and please keep a six foot distance from other people. Now this town is like a really cute old fashioned town sort of. It's like a one or two streets of stores. So that's all it is. Well, we read the sign and I was happy to see the sign. And then as we pull up to the busy street, lot of people out, I couldn't find one person wearing a mask. I didn't see anybody keeping a six foot distance. Then I finally saw one family of three wearing masks and that was it. And it was a busy, busy street, lot of people out. So what does that tell me? Well, for one, it told all of us in my family, we're not getting out of the car. We're not getting out here because nobody is respecting what the guidelines are. There was a sign with specific guidelines. Now, of course, every state is different right now, and a lot of states have rules, like here in Texas, where wearing a mask is up to you. That's a personal choice. My family has made the choice that we wear a mask because it helps protect others. Wearing the mask, just so you know, it's not protecting yourself. You're protecting others in case you have coronavirus. A lot of times you will have it before you know it and that's when you're spreading it. So wearing the mask is helping others. So basically everyone here on this little street has decided that they don't care about others. That's the way I see it. Or they just don't understand the magnitude of what's going on. And I think that that's happening a little bit throughout our country right now because I see so many people that are not taking this seriously. And so I just wanted to bring up these numbers with Eagles Eye and Health today to show you cases are still on the rise. And if we don't take personal action to do something like a simple thing like wearing masks and keeping the six foot distance, we are not helping the situation and the doctors out there who are so overworked and they're just swamped right now with all these incoming people. Now you could say to me easily, well, it's the numbers are going up because we have more tests and blah, blah, blah. That's all true. I have no, you know, I have no qualm about that. But I will also say, but the numbers are still going up. So let's do what we can to keep things as best we can by wearing a mask, by social distancing. I personally think everything I've read and everything I look at says that that is still the best way to go. And I want that for your safety and the safety of your family.
if you think, well, I'm going to go out to eat and I'm, and when you go out to eat, you, you can't really wear a mask, right? While you're at a restaurant and eating because you have to eat. And then you think, well, I'm not going to bring my kids to this restaurant because of coronavirus, but I'm going to go to this restaurant just so you know, and you might not think of it this way. If you're going to the restaurant and you're not wearing a mask and somebody coughs and you get coronavirus, you're going to bring it home to your kids, right? So it didn't really matter if they were with you or not. Now, again, I know I just said, but the mask isn't going to prevent you from getting the coronavirus. So even if you are wearing a mask, you're you're still likely going to get it if someone coughs, right? But you're not wearing a mask as well at a restaurant. So just little things to think about. I'm, I'm really not trying to preach. I'm just trying to remind us all that this is still a very, very serious situation. Now it goes hand in hand with our topic today. Anxiety, anxiety disorders. What is the difference? What's a normal sense of anxiety and what isn't? Well, anxiety is normal in some respects, and it's often a healthy emotion. However, when a person regularly feels sort of a disproportionate level of anxiety, it might at that point become a medical disorder. And anxiety disorders form a category of mental health diagnoses that lead to excessive nervousness. Some people get fear, apprehension, a lot of worry. And these disorders alter how a person processes their emotions and even how they behave. And it can give you physical symptoms as well. Now, mild anxiety might be vague and unsettling, while severe anxiety can definitely affect your day-to-day living. So it's really important that we understand a certain amount of anxiety is normal, but when it gets to be too much and it's affecting your day-to-day living, that's the point that it might be considered more of a disorder and maybe needs a treatment. Now, a lot of what I'm talking about today comes from Medical News Today, just so you know. That's where I got a lot of the research that I did. And I want you to know that anxiety disorders actually affect 40 million people in the United States. So it's actually quite common. Um, It's the most common group of mental illnesses, they say, in the country. However, only 36.9% of people with an anxiety disorder actually receive treatment. Now, what's the technical definition? The American Psychological Association, which is called the APA, they define anxiety as an emotion characterized by feelings of tension, worried thoughts, and physical changes like increased blood pressure. Now, knowing the difference between normal feelings of anxiety and an anxiety disorder definitely require a little bit of medical attention to help a person identify if they have what's more considered a condition. Now, how do you know if your anxiety needs treatment? Well, while anxiety does cause distress, for most people, It's not a medical condition. When an individual faces potentially harmful or warring triggers, 
feelings of anxiety are not only normal, but necessary, right? It's sort of like a survival thing that anxiety is is something you need to fear or, or need to have, I should say, during a harmful or worrying time. Since the earliest days of humanity, you've probably heard that, you know, predators and incoming danger will set off those alarms in your body um, that allows for that evasive action to take place. These alarms become noticeable like with your raised heartbeat, or you might be sweating and an increased sensitivity to your surroundings. Now, the danger causes a rush of adrenaline, which is a hormone and a chemical messenger in the brain, which basically triggers anxious reactions in a process called fight or flight. You've probably heard of the fight or flight response. And what that's doing is it's preparing humans to physically confront or perhaps run from a potential threat to get to safety. Now, for many people, running from a large animal or some kind of imminent danger is a less pressing concern. That's not really what's happening to most of us today. Uh, Anxieties in these days revolve around work, finances, family, health, crucial issues, uh, hello, COVID, for example, uh, protests going on. All of these things are now creating anxiety in people today. Now, the nervous feeling that you get before an important life event or a difficult situation is what they say a natural sort of feeling for the fight or flight reaction. And it still can be essential to survival. Anxiety, you know, like about being hit by a car if you're crossing the street, for example, that that's sort of important <laughs> to give you that, what, your, your heartbeat's going to kind of jump up and you're going to take specific action quickly. So a certain amount of the fight or flight is still very important for our survival today. But then we get to a place where it's more considered anxiety disorders. Now, the duration or the severity of an anxious feeling can sometimes be out of proportion to whatever that original trigger might have been or that original stress. Physical symptoms, like you might have increased blood pressure, you might be nauseous, those kind of things can start to develop from anxiety. And these responses move beyond anxiety into what they consider more of an anxiety disorder. The APA describes a person with anxiety disorder as having recurring intrusive thoughts or concerns. Once anxiety reaches the stage of a disorder, it usually starts to interfere with daily function. That's something you wanna start to think about right now. It is a very difficult time, obviously, in our society. For me to even have to open up the podcast the way I did today, which I never do. I never talk politics or how I feel or personal things like that. But today is not a normal day. And so you might be feeling a lot of anxiety and it might be getting to a point for you that it's affecting your daily life. And that's what I'm doing the podcast for today. Do you have a normal sense of anxiety or is it pushing a step further? That's all I want you to ask yourself and just to make sure that you're okay. Now, what are some of the symptoms of anxiety disorders? Well, while a number of different diagnoses constitute anxiety disorders, the symptoms of what is called GAD, 
Generalized anxiety disorder will often include restlessness and a feeling of being on edge, uncontrollable feelings of worry, increased irritability, concentration difficulties, sleep difficulties, such as problems falling or staying asleep. And while these symptoms might be normal to experience in daily life, people with GAD, that generalized anxiety disorder, will experience them persistently at extreme levels. And GAD may be present as vague for some people, Um, It could be an unsettling worry, or it could be more severe anxiety that really starts disrupting day-to-day living. Anxiety disorders follow a, there are actually several different anxiety disorder diagnoses. What we were talking about primarily is the generalized anxiety disorder, the chronic disorder involving excessive, long-lasting anxiety and worry, about non-specific life events, objects, situations. GAD is probably the most common anxiety disorder and people with the disorder are not always able to identify the cause of their anxiety. Another diagnosis would be panic disorder, brief or sudden attacks of intense terror and apprehension characterize the panic disorder. And these attacks can lead to shaking, confusion, dizziness, nausea, breathing difficulties. Panic attacks tend to occur and escalate quite rapidly, peaking after about 10 minutes. However, a panic attack could even last for hours. Now, another diagnosis, some people have a specific phobia. This is an irrational fear and an avoidance of a particular object or situation. Now, phobias are not like other anxiety disorders as they relate to a specific cause. A person with a phobia might acknowledge a fear as illogical or extreme, but they remain unable to control their feelings of anxiety around that particular trigger. Triggers for a phobia could range from situations and animals to everyday objects. Now, another diagnosis would be selective mutism. That is actually a type of diagnosis for a type of anxiety. And this is a form of anxiety that some children get. And this is when they are not able to speak in certain places or contexts, such as school. And even though they may have excellent verbal communication skills around familiar people, it may be extreme form of social phobia for some of these kids who just cannot talk in certain situations. Now, another diagnosis would be social anxiety disorder, or it's also called social phobia. And this is a fear of negative judgment from others in social situations or of public embarrassment. Social anxiety disorder includes a range of feelings, such as stage fright, a fear of intimacy, and anxiety around humiliation and rejection. And this disorder can cause people to avoid public situations and human contact to the point that everyday living is very, very difficult for them. They basically do not want to go out with that fear all the time. And one of the last diagnoses for anxiety is separation anxiety disorder. This is when high levels of anxiety 
occur after separation from a person or a place that provides feelings of security or safety characterized by separation anxiety disorder. Now, separation might sometimes result in a panic type symptoms as well. And so just wanted to briefly go over that there were all these different types of anxiety disorder. But the one that most people are feeling right now is sort of the generalized anxiety, GAD. And that, again, has a lot to do with everything that's going on in our country right now. And I want you to all know that we are all, uh, not all, I can't speak for all, but so many of us are feeling it. And so if you are feeling some anxiety right now, some of that is totally normal to feel. And I want you to know it's okay that you feel that. I feel it too. Now, what are some other causes of anxiety? Um, The causes of anxiety disorders, they can be quite complicated actually. And many might occur all at once. Some may lead to others and some causes might not lead to an anxiety disorder unless another one is present. But let's talk about some of these uh, more specifically. So causes could be environmental stressors, which I think we all know what that is currently. (laughs) We have a lot of environmental stressors right now. Um, Could be difficulties at work, relationship problems, family issues. Then another cause could be genetics, as people who have family members with anxiety disorders can actually be more likely to experience them for themselves. Medical factors can be a cause, such as the symptoms of a different disease, the effects of a medication, or the stress of an intensive surgery, or even a very prolonged recovery. Brain chemistry, as psychologists define many anxiety disorders, they, uh, let me, let me rephrase that. Brain chemistry, as psychologists define many anxiety disorders, they consider them misalignments of hormones and electrical signals in the brain. So you might be having anxiety issues or some people due to a brain chemistry issue. And the last one would be a withdrawal from an illicit substance, the effects of which might intensify the impact of other possible causes. Well, then you might be asking, okay, so you have one of these causes, well, we all do right now. We know what's causing most of our anxiety. What can we do? Do we need to medicate? Do we need to see a doctor? What are our treatment options? Well, treatments will consist of a combination, right, of things depending on do you have normal sort of everyday anxiety or are, are you actually sort of leaning and going towards an anxiety disorder? You might need psychotherapy. You might be beha- need behavioral therapy. There could even be medication involved. One thing you should know is that alcohol dependence, depression, or other conditions can sometimes have such a strong effect on your mental well-being that treating the anxiety disorder has to actually be put off until the underlying conditions are brought under control. So. If you are someone who is sort of dependent on alcohol or you're having, you struggle with depression, it's possible those things need to be managed first before they can get to treating your anxiety. Now there is self-treatment of anxiety and that's usually if your anxiety is more at a level that's considered somewhat normal, right? In some cases, a person can treat an anxiety disorder even if it's not too 
intense, I guess you should say. They can treat it at home with clinical supervision. However, this might not be effective for the people with the severe or long-term anxiety disorders. There are several exercises and actions to help a person cope with the mild anxiety, um, the shorter term anxiety. Those kind of things can potentially be dealt with stress management. So that would be learning to manage stress to help limit potential triggers. You could use relaxation techniques, simple activities to help soothe the mental and physical signs of anxiety. Things we've talked about before on the podcast like meditation, deep breathing exercises, even long baths, resting your eyes, yoga. These things can help anxiety tremendously. Um, Exercises to replace negative thoughts with positive ones. You can make a list of the negative thoughts that might be cycling over and over, causing a lot of anxiety in your mind, and write another list next to it containing positive, believable thoughts to replace them. Sometimes just creating a mental image of successfully facing and conquering a specific fear can also provide benefits if anxiety symptoms relate to a specific cause, like for instance, those phobias. Now a support network is also very, very helpful in these times. Talk with a familiar supportive group, Uh, might be a family member, might be a friend, support group services are available for people as well. And they actually even say that exercise, physical exertion, can improve self-image and release chemicals in the brain that trigger positive feelings and can definitely help you with anxiety. Now, some people are not going to have the ability to do self-treatment, okay? And it's something you might be sitting here going, yeah, 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 I've tried all that before, nothing has helped. So you might need counseling. A standard way of treating anxiety is psychological counseling. And this can include cognitive behavioral therapy, psychotherapy, it could be a combination of therapies, and then there's even medications. Uh, You might see a psychiatrist and if your anxiety is at a certain level, it is affecting your daily life, they might prescribe a medication for you. Now there is a whole section that I could go on and on about for anti-anxiety medications. And I'm not going to cover that in this podcast for many reasons, but this is what I am going to tell you about medications for anxiety. If you're going to go on medication, if your doctor has put you on medication, I always want you to do this. I want you to ask the doctor, if I take this medication, how long will I need to take it for? Am I going to be able to get off it? Is it something that will help me through a short period of this anxiety? Or do you see me on this long term? And the reason that I say that is because I often have clients. And when I do, uh, when I get a new client, I do a full intake. I review all their medications. And I do see that a lot of people are on anti-anxiety meds. So I usually will ask them a little bit of questions regarding that. And one of the questions I say is, how long have you been on it? And is there any plan to get off it at some point? And most people, they have the same answer. Well, I've been on it for many years and I don't know. I just assumed I would take it forever. I'm not sure that that's appropriate for everyone. 
I, of course, never, ever, ever want you to go off any medication without talking to your doctor first. So if you're on an anti-anxiety medication, I am not telling you to go off it right now if you've been on it for a long time. What I'm asking you to do is discuss with your doctor, is this medication still appropriate for me? Do you think I still need it? Will I be on it forever? Should I wean off it at some point? These are questions that you want to ask. There is some controversy about anti-anxiety medications. Are they effective? Are they effective long-term? Usually they have a good short-term efficacy. Um, Again, it depends on the medication and I am not telling you to go off. I am just always asking you to be very proactive with your doctor. And if they wanna put you on any medication, I think those questions always should come into play. How long should I take it for? Will I wean off at some point? Um, You know, do I need it forever? Those are great questions to ask. Now, what about this? What about prevention of anxiety? There are ways to reduce the risk of anxiety disorders. And remember that anxious feelings are a natural factor of daily life. And experiencing anxious feelings does not always indicate that you have a mental health disorder. Anxiety is a normal emotion that we feel under certain stressors. That's why I was doing this podcast today because I wanted so many of you to know that you're not alone right now if you have anxiety due to all that's going on in the world. Now, take the following steps to help, though, moderate anxious emotions. One thing you can do if you're really sort of really feeling that anxiety right now because of what's going on, reduce your intake of caffeine, tea, sodas, and chocolate, right? That caffeine kind of doesn't help the anxiety feeling, the high heart rate, the jittery anxiety feeling. So you might want to reduce those things right now. Before using over-the-counter or herbal remedies, always check with a doctor or a pharmacist for any chemicals that may make anxiety symptoms worse, because there are actually some that do. They say that you should maintain a healthy diet if you feel anxiety. You should keep a regular sleep pattern going. And honestly, you should avoid alcohol, cannabis, and other recreational drugs. This is not the time for all of those things if you are experiencing the normal amount of anxiety right now. And again, there is a certain amount of anxiety that is normal. I talk to some people and they say, I went on this anxiety medication because I went through a terrible thing in my life five years ago. And yes, sometimes we need medication to get us through a tough time. But five years later, you might not need that now. You might have regular amounts of anxiety. Normal. Again, it's normal for us all to feel some anxiety in our life. But it might not be the anxiety that needs medication anymore. But again, I have to say it over and over. Do not go off any medication without discussing it with your doctor first. But do understand that you might be really anxious right now, but that doesn't mean you have a disorder. But on the other side of that, if you feel like your life is affected daily right now from the anxiety, then it might be time. Just go ahead and seek some counseling. I always recommend go see a psychologist or a psychiatrist. Go see someone and talk to them. I know actually several people right now who started going to therapy 
because of what is going on in our country. Like it has driven them to such sadness and anxiety that they, that is what pushed them to get counseling. And I commend them. Going to counseling is not an easy step and it is a lot of work. And so anybody who's willing to put in the work for a better life, I commend you. I've done the work. I've been there. I've been to therapy. It's not super fun, but it is super helpful. So again, if you're feeling the anxiety and it's affecting your daily life, maybe it's time for you to get counseling. Let someone with you know no bias listen to you and be able to help you through a tough time. Anxiety itself is not a medical condition. It is a natural emotion that is vital for survival when an individual finds themselves in a dangerous situation, right? An anxiety disorder develops when this reaction becomes exaggerated or out of proportion to the trigger that is causing it. So like I said, there's several types of anxiety disorders and you may have one or you may just have the normal, natural emotion of anxiety. And don't be afraid of it and don't be afraid to seek counseling if you feel like you need it. And don't be afraid to take anxiety medication if you feel like you need it. Just discuss it with your doctor. And I'm, honestly, I just, I wish for you all, and I wish for all of us right now in this time in our society, I wish us all peace, peace of mind. I wish us all a healthy life. And I, I hope your families are healthy and that you make good choices right now to stay healthy, to be kind to others, to remember that everybody has a mom or had a mom, right? Even as an adult, that person on the ground, God forbid, had a mom, they're a person, they're human. Let's all treat each other with kindness right now. Treat each other as humans, right? Be leaders. This is a time we all need to take ownership. We need to be leaders and we need to be role models. So I hope this podcast today wasn't too much for you. I hope that it helps you realize that there's a certain amount of normalcy in the anxiety that's going on. I hope it gives you the permission, if that's what you needed, to seek counseling or get some help, if that's what you need. A lot of people need help right now, and it's okay. And again, I just wish you health and happiness. So I promise a more upbeat podcast episode next week, but for this week, I felt it was very important to touch upon some of those subjects. Earn That Body podcast, always here to bring you health information that you can put into play right away. And I honestly hope you stay happy, you stay healthy, and stay safe. Bye-bye, everyone. For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to earnthatbody.com or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube.